everyone. Welcome to the No Sugar Added Podcast, where we have raw conversations about what self-employment really looks like. I'm your host, Joanne Augustine, ready to give you today's blend and cup of excellence. Hey everyone, welcome to season three of the No Sugar Added Podcast. Before we dive in, I want to take the time to thank each and every one of you for listening to season two of the podcast. I also want to thank you for continuing to listen and support me even after my little hiatus. You know, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) I also understand that there are so many other podcasts out there and so little time to listen to all of them, but you choose to prioritize the No Sugar Added podcast. And for that, I am super grateful. If you missed our last episode of season two, which is episode 28, I've been getting my ass kicked, you most likely missed the announcement about our new schedule. So we are moving to a monthly schedule. New episodes will air on the second Tuesday of every month. So make sure to tune in to episode 28 for the backstory on why we're changing to that schedule. But with that said, we've got hella content for you this season. And by we, I of course mean the incredible podcast guest lineup I have for you all. We got some really good feedback from our survey, which you can actually find in the link in our bio on Instagram. So at no sugar added pod, P-O-D. All you have to do is click on submit a podcast episode idea, and that will lead you straight to the survey. So within the survey responses, there was a consensus on having more episodes uh, revolve around time management tools and techniques, as well as business management. So a lot of people were interested in the marketing side of things. So as a self-employed person, what are some things that you can do to optimize your website? Um, How can you manage your email list, create your email list, optimize the email list, all of that stuff. So we have a lot of content around that for you this season. Side note, the survey is always open. So we're always looking for new ideas. We're always looking to see what people are interested in hearing more about. So whenever you want to just drop us a line, feel free to go ahead and fill out that survey at any point in time. All right, so let's get into today's blend. In today's blend, we're talking about why you need to understand seasonality in your business. This is by far the biggest lesson I learned this past year. And again, make sure you tune into the last episode of season two to hear a little bit of a background about why (laughs) that is. But let's first start off with defining seasonality. So essentially, seasonality is the financial highs and lows of your business. As a self-employed person, you're going to be working with different customers or clients, and a lot of them may be on different fiscal years, so budgets, whenever they're able to, you know, be able to invest in certain services, if you're a service-based business, and then if you're product-based, it could be like, for example, if you sell swimsuits, like most people are buying that 
springtime or maybe towards the end of winter, getting ready for spring, that kind of stuff. So just understanding when you're going to make the most money and when your business uh, doesn't make as much money. Now that's not making any money, but it's just not as much as your top performing months. So using my business as an example, um, if you are just now tuning in to our podcast, I am the owner of All Things Content LLC, which is a boutique digital marketing agency that serves small businesses. So essentially, we help small businesses construct their marketing strategies. We also offer copywriting services. So that is writing for web website, emails, anything that has to do with digital marketing. And additionally, we have photography, so product photography or branding photography, and we do graphic design as well. So um, that could look like designing ebooks. So you can say that I am a B2B business, business to business, and then also I offer professional services. So I am a service-based business. So I'm letting you know this. So as I am talking a little bit about seasonality, it is going to be a little bit more geared towards professional services since that is what I do. However, I will try my best to try to maybe give like a product-based comparison, but I think the gist of it could work for any business, whether you are B2B or B2C, like you have an Etsy shop or something like that. Anywho, let's get into my example. So what I learned um, about my business last year is that majority of my revenue comes within the first half of the year. So my business makes the most money between January and June. Once July starts to come around, that is, you know, when a lot of my clients are going on vacation or, you know, little things like that. So, and that's also around the time where some of their budgets may start to get a little tighter because they've already kind of spent what they could on marketing services and whatnot. So when that time happens, that's when my business kind of hits its lower peaks and it just starts to slowly decline and that's in the amount of revenue, meaning the amount of projects that I get from a month to month basis. So come like September, October, it is pure crickets, okay? Like <laughs> nothing's really happening unless it is coming from one of our retainer clients, which is somebody who wants a certain service, let's say email marketing, we write their emails, build them and send them out for them on a monthly basis. That person has this fixed package that they have every single month that's what we're doing so that service is a service throughout the year so unless it's one of those services as far as like new things coming on there's crickets with new projects around that time so all of this to say that you need to really understand these highs and lows because when the lows come you need to have that cushion to be able to still support yourself and your business. So for me, I have contractors that I work with and then also I have uh, monthly expenses that my business uh, has. So that could look like, you know, website hosting fees, using QuickBooks or some kind of software, marketing stuff like ads that are running, Linktree, email marketing, so MailChimp, all of these things. So essentially, 
the business is paying out, is paying bills on a monthly basis. Regardless, if you're bringing new money in, you're always going to be paying something. So you need to have that cushion for when that money is not coming in. So I think the best way for me to, to explain to you guys why it's so important to understand these highs and lows is to kind of let you know what I was doing last year, <laughs> which is what not to do, <laughs> and um, kind of what I've learned from that. And then I will share some tools and reporting that you can use to help you better manage your uh, income, revenue, expenses, and essentially seasonality. So let's get into it. So here's an example of how I was not leveraging seasonality last year. First and foremost, I was operating as if the project workload that I was experiencing in like February, March, April, and May was just, it was going to be like that all year long. Like, you know, I was just like, ooh, these like, you know, four-figure months, sometimes five-figure months are going to just keep coming um, all year long. And when you're thinking like that, you end up spending more than you actually can afford because if that does not come, which it didn't, (laughs) starting like July, August, September, then you're like, oh man, I overspent because I could have used that money that I spent on this to ensure that the business stayed in the black. So to get a little bit deeper on that and give you a little bit more information, uh, when you operate like that, where it's like, okay, you depend on the revenue that is coming in that month, in the self-employed world, that is essentially what living check to check is. You never want to do that. You always want to have at least two to three months of expenses saved so that when a rainy day comes, aka the projects are not flowing like they were flowing before, you're able to still sustain your livelihood in the case of check to check but then like in this case your livelihood plus your business you know so that is one of the main things is ensuring that you're not operating at that state so essentially what happens is when you're banking on next month's projects to cover next month's expenses that's when you get yourself into a rut and that can cause a lot of issues what i would suggest doing is of course storing a little bit more and creating that cushion and saving and minimizing the amount of expenses that you have when you are in your higher paying months so that you can then be able to sustain those lower months. So an example of overspending Because I was thinking that my business was going to be making these four-figure, sometimes five-figure months for the rest of the year, I was starting to invest back into the business and invest in certain programs that later on I realized in hindsight wasn't the best for me to do. So an example is last year we started our first summer internship program. We had an intern and it is a paid program and our intern worked uh, for two months. So it was July and August or June and July. I can't remember, but it was two months. And um, essentially that came out of the business expenses to pay this intern. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. Because it taught me so much in, you know, being able to uh, train someone, teach them about my business, create a work culture, all of that stuff, which I think was great. And then it was also awesome to have the help (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, somebody that can help manage our social media, someone that can take notes while I'm doing all of these consultation calls. So the experience was amazing. And then also being able to afford this wonderful high schooler the opportunity to have this experience um, is definitely something that I don't regret. However, after I had that, that was during my top performing months. So for me, spending the money was nothing. But then when those low months hit, um, September and October, I was like, damn, it would have been great if I had that money right now <laughs> to be able to handle some of the other things that are going on. So that's an example of overspending without really knowing your forecast for the months to come. So now let's get into some of the tools that you can use to better understand your seasonality. I am going to break down two reports that I use in QuickBooks. However, I understand that some people just use an Excel sheet to track their revenue or you may have your business tied to PayPal. Um, so you only have that as a business bank account and PayPal also has reporting as well. So I think the main thing to take away from this section is the actual data points that we're looking at within each report and then figuring out how you can pull those data points in whatever software you're using to track your business revenue, income, and all of that. So let's get into it. The first report is called the Quarterly Profit and Loss Summary Report. This report breaks down your total income, so your gross profit, your total expenses, so that's like the MailChimp reoccurring fee I was talking about, Linktree, any ads you have running that are reoccurring. If you have like a web hosting service fee or something that you may pay monthly, I personally pay annually, but any monthly costs that you have. And then also I have the cost of my contractors as well that are included within my expenses. And then you have your net operating income which is the your total income minus the expenses. So we're looking at these data points from a quarterly perspective, so three months. So the report will show you how much money you made each quarter. So from January to March, what was your total from April to June, etc. So while you're using this, this report really gives you a perspective of your high points of the year and your low points of the year. And this is how I was able to determine that I make majority of my revenue within the first six months of the year is by looking at this kind of data. And depending on the software that you use, um, you're able to categorize your income within QuickBooks. So I have uh, copywriting services, I have strategy services, I have retainers, I have you know photography design, whatever, all the things that you sell. Um, and then I also have some passive income like my Skillshare classes that I teach that are included there too. So the report will break down the revenue based off of each of those service categories. So if you're a product business, let's say you have a skincare line and you have, for example, like a cream that you sell, you also have maybe shampoo or you have lip balm or whatever, it will have those product 
categories for you broken down so that you can see, oh, in March, that's when I sell most of my bath bombs. So it's really great to make sure you have it broken down that way too, so that you can be able to look at the business from a service or product perspective as well. And this will help you understand, okay, what do I need to be pushing really hard from a promotional standpoint when you look at that report. The second report that I want to talk about is the profit and loss by month report. So this report has the same amount of data points that the quarterly report does, except now it breaks it down from a month perspective. So everything that I just said, but now we're looking at just what does January look like? What does February look like? What does March look like, etc. Um, so this really helps you get a deeper dive into looking at your income or revenue from a monthly perspective, which again really helps you understand, okay, which is the month that like I really need to make sure that I have the cushion to sustain the business. For me, that month is September, October. Like nobody's talking to me. They don't know ATC exists. Like <laughs> we get no play. So I absolutely have to make sure that I have that money stored to ensure that I can continue to pay myself what I pay myself on a monthly basis and also be able to pay for those expenses that I mentioned earlier. So yes, definitely use these reports. I think this is a great way to be able to analyze your seasonality. Um, So even if you don't have QuickBooks, whatever software you're using to track your business income, you should be able to pull these data points. Like, you know, how much money did I make in January? And then if you're just using an Excel sheet, which by the way, I've always have been using Excel sheet before I had like my agency. I only just got put onto QuickBooks last year. Don't be fooled. Um, I had my Excel sheet with uh, my little column for invoice number and like total taxes, all that stuff. So um, if you are operating from an Excel sheet, you can easily apply filters at the top at that column. Uh, portion, which is what I would do. And then if you just want to look at Q1, you literally go to your filter and then on your month column, you can just select January, February, March, and then you can be able to see your Q1 data. So there's a there's there's a way to, to be able to look at this information, regardless if you have a software that's doing it for you or if it's more manual. So as a side note, as I mentioned, I just started using QuickBooks before I was using um, an Excel sheet to track all my stuff. I lived by that Excel sheet, but my now CPA, Valerie, who was uh, first introduced to me on this podcast, so this podcast has helped me out too, people. (laughs) Um, She was on season two, episode 21, Get Tax Season Ready, to be exact, Um, and I really talk about what I had in that Excel sheet, so if you want to check out that episode definitely do that but she basically was like your dream client for having this excel sheet a lot of people don't even track that so being able to have that i think is going to be so helpful for you guys and also i'm thinking about potentially turning that excel sheet into a freebie so go ahead and slide in the podcast dms or email inbox whatever works for you and let me know if that's something that you would actually find valuable um and if that is the case then i will make it shareable 
and share it with our listeners, give you guys a special link, all that good stuff. Just let me know. So let's get into your cup of excellence. So here's your cup of excellence, otherwise known as the one thing you should remember from this episode as major key. Know when you make the most and least amount of money in your business. Do not by any means live the self-employed version of check to check. Confront your finances every day, understand your income and make it work for you. There you have it. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform and share the wealth with your fellow self-employed colleagues and friends. As you know, the No Sugar Added podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to slide in those DMs and let me know if you want that Excel sheet to help you manage your finances. Talk to you guys soon. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest updates at No Sugar Added Pod. That's P O D. Chat with y'all soon.